With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 3 of Book 1 of The Well at World's End by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3. Ralph Cometh to the Cheaping Town. He slept in an upper chamber in a turret of the house, which chamber was his own, and none might meddle with it. There the next day he awoke in the dawning, and arose and clad himself, and took his war-gear and his sword and spear, and bore all away without doors to the side of the ford, in that ingle of the river, and laid it for a while in a little willow copse, so that no chance-comer might see it. Then he went back to the stable of the house, and took his destrier from the stall. It was a dapple grey horse called Falcon, and was right good, and brought him down to the said willow copse, and tied him to a tree till he had armed himself amongst the willows, whence he came forth presently as brisk looting and likely a man-at-arms as you might see on a summer day. Then he clomb up into the saddle, and went his ways, splashing across the ford, before the sun had arisen, while the throstle-cocks were yet amidst their first song. Then he rode on a little trot south away, and by then the sun was up, he was without the bounds of Upmeads, albeit in the land thereabout dwelt none who were not friends to King Peter and his sons, and that was well, for now were folk stirring, and were abroad in the fields, as a band of carls going with their scythes to the hayfield, or a maiden with her milking pails going to her kine, barefoot through the seeding grass, or a company of noisy little lads on their way to the nearest pool of the stream, that they might bathe in the warm morning after the warm night. All these and more knew him in his armour and falcon his horse, and gave him the seal of the day, and he was nowise troubled at meeting them, for besides that they thought it no wonder to meet one of the lords of Upmeads going armed about his errands. Their own errands were close at home, and it was little likely that they should go that day so far as to Upmeads water, seeing that it ran through the meadows a half-score miles to the northward. So Ralph rode on, and came into the high road, that led one way back again into Upmeads, and crossed the water by a fair bridge late builded between King Peter and a house of cannons on the north side, and the other way into a good cheaping town height Wallstead, beyond which Ralph knew little of the world which lay to the south, and seemed to him a wondrous place, full of fair things and marvellous adventures. So he rode till he came into the town where the fair morning was still young, the first mass over, and maids gathered about the fountain amidst the market-place, and two or three Danes sitting under the buttercross. Ralph rode straight up to the house of a man whom he knew, and had often given him guesting there, and he himself was not seldom seen in the high house of Upmeads. 
This man was a merchant, who went and came betwixt men's houses, and bought and sold many things needful and pleasant to folk, and King Peter dealt with him much and often. Now he stood in the door of his house, which was new and goodly, sniffing the sweet scents which the morning wind bore into the town. He was clad in a goodly long gown of grey welted with silver, of thin cloth meet for the summertide. For little he wrought with his hands, but much with his tongue. He was a man of forty summers, ruddy-faced and black-bearded, and he was called Clement Chapman. When he saw Ralph, he smiled kindly on him, and came and held his stirrup as he lighted down, and said, "'Welcome, Lord. Art thou come to give me a message, and eat and drink in a poor huckster's house, and no arms so gallantly?' Ralph laughed merrily, for he was hungry, and he said, "'Ye, I will eat and drink with thee, and kiss my gossip, and go my ways.' Therewith the car led him into the house, and if it were goodly without, within it was better. For there was a fair chamber panelled with wainscot well carven, and a cupboard of no sorry vessels of silver and latin. The chairs and stools as fair as might be, no kings might be better. The windows were glazed, and there were flowers and knots and posies in them, and the bed was hung with goodly web from oversea, such as the Soldanuseth. Also, Whereas the chapman's ware-bowers were hard by the chamber, there was a pleasant mingled smell therefrom floating about. The table was set with meat and drink and vessel of pewter and earth, all fair and good, and thereby stood the chapman's wife, a very goodly woman of two score years, who had held Ralph at the font when she was a slim damsel new-wedded, for she was come of no mean kindred of the kingdom of Upmeads. Her name was Dame Catherine. Now she kissed Ralph's cheek friendly, and said, Welcome, gossip, thou art here in good time to break thy fast, and we will give thee a trim dinner thereafter, when thou hast been here and there in the town and done thine errand, and then thou shalt drink a cup and sing me a song, and so home again in the cool of the evening. Ralph seemed a little troubled at her word, and he said, Nay, gossip, though I thank thee for all these good things as though I had them, yet I must ride away south straightway after I have breakfasted and said one word to the goodman. Goodman, how call ye the next town southward, and how far is it thither? Quoth Clement, My son, what hast thou to do with riding south? As thou wottest, going hence south, ye must presently ride the hill country, and that is no safe journey for a lonely man, even if he be a doughty knight like to thee, lord. Said Ralph, reddening withal, I have an errand that way. An errand of King Peter's or thine own, said Clement. Of King Peter's, if you must what, said Ralph. Clement were no chapman had he not seen that the lad was lying, so he said, Fair lord, saving your worship, how would it be as to the speeding of King Peter's errand, if I brought thee before our mare, and swore the peace against thee, so I may keep thee in Courtier's prison till I had sent to thy father of thy whereabouts? The young man turned red with anger, but ere he could speak, Dame Catherine said sharply, Hold thy peace, Clement, what hast thou to meddle or make in the matter? If our young lord hath will to ride out and see the world, why should we let him? Yea, why should his father let him, if it come to that? Take my word for it that my gossip shall go through the world and come back to those that love him, as goodly as he went forth, and hold, here is for a token thereof. Therewith she went to an ark that stood in the corner, 
and groped in the till thereof, and brought out a little necklace of blue and green stones with gold knobs betwixt, like a pair of beads, albeit neither pope nor priest had blessed them, and tied to the necklace was a little gold box with something hidden therein. This gold she gave to Ralph, and said to him, Gossip, wear this about thy neck, and let no man take it from thee, and I think it will be salvation to thee in peril, and good luck to thee in time of questing. So it shall be to thee as if thou hadst drunk of the well at the world's end. What is that water? said Ralph, and how may I find it? I know not rightly, she said, but if a body may come by it, I hear say it saveth from weariness and wounding and sickness, and it winneth love from all, and may be life everlasting. Hast thou not heard tell of it, my husband? Ye, said the chapman, many times, and how that whoso hath drunk thereof hath the tongue that none may withstand, whether in buying or selling or prevailing over the hearts of men in any wise. But as for its whereabouts, ye shall not find it in these parts. Men say that it is beyond the dry tree, and that is afar, God wot. But now, Lord Ralph, I read thee go back again this evening with Andrew, my nephew, for company. Forsooth, he will do little less gainful than riding with thee to Upmeads than if he abide in Woolstead, for he is idle. But, my lord, take it not amiss that I spake about the mare and the tipstaves, for it was but a jest, as thou mayst well wot. Ralph's face cleared at that word, and he stood smiling, weighing the chaplet in his hand. But Dame Catherine said, Dear gossip, do it unspeedily, for it is a gift from me unto thee, and from a gossip even king's sons may take a gift. Quoth Ralph, But is it lawful to wear it? Is there no wizardry within it? Hearken to him, she said, and how like unto a man he speaketh. If there were a brawl in the street, he would strike in and ask no word thereof, not even which were the better side, whereas here is my falcon chick frighted at a little gold box and a pair of saracen beads. Well, quoth Ralph, the first holy man I meet shall bless them for me. That shall he not, said the dame, that shall he not. Who wotteth what shall betide to thee or me if he do so? Come, do them on, and then to table, for seest thou not that the good man is wearying for meat? and even thine eyes will shine the brighter for a mouthful, king's son and gossip. She took him by the hand, and did the beads on his neck, and kissed and fondled him before he sat down, while the goodman looked on, grinning rather sheepishly, but said naught to them, and only called on his boy to lead the destrier to stable. So when they were sat down, the chapman took up the word where it had been dropped, and said, So, Lord Ralph, 